This is the Lacrosse Classified Podcast on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and indoor lacrosse. Each week, we'll cover the hottest storylines and talk to the biggest names in the sport. Now, let's talk some lacrosse. All right, lacrosse fans, you heard the lady. It's time for Lax Class. Episode number 43 is about to come at you. Thanks for joining us here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network, where we grow the game one podcast at a time. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar with you on a beautiful Tuesday morning here from British Columbia. Evan is back in sunny Saskatoon. Is it sunny in Saskatoon, Evan? It was raining quite a bit this past weekend. Okay. I heard it's uh, starting to get a little chilly there in the tune as well. Uh, temperatures uh, starting to show signs that NLL season is near, Evan. At night it is. It's still about mid-20s during the day, but it just drops off like a stone at night. So, hmm. yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, weather talk right off the bat here. We got a great show for you this week. Uh, a big show coming up as we have the MSL MVP, member of Team Canada, member of Saskatchewan Rush, the mailman. Mark Matthews will join us here in about 20 minutes' time. And then the brand-new Deputy Commissioner, Executive Vice President of Business Affairs for the National Cross League, Jessica Berman, will join us uh, in about 40, 45 minutes from now. I think uh, we're going to run long here, Evan, today. Two great guests, two big conversations coming up. And, of course, we got our weekly report cards, news and notes. And who you got? Uh, somebody got a little closer Last week, somebody's going to win a hat as well. Uh, this week, we're going to give away the hat from last week. And uh, jam in anything else we can get in in the next uh, hour and some change. How was Labor Day, Evan? What would you do on Labor Day? I actually worked. <laughs> I hate to say it. But that's what happens when you own your own business. Sometimes you got to get things wrapped up. But I did manage to take Saturday, Sunday off. So I did get a few days off at least. Good stuff. Good stuff. Doing math. On Labor Day, uh, you're a wild animal, Evan Sheminar. All right, let's let get into <laughs> report cards here. Um, report cards this week, not too bad as far as A's and F's and and you name it uh, here, Evan. It, it could have been could have been worse. Uh, we've definitely had worse, but uh, this week not too bad. We got some good ones, and of course, Stampy Tack is the presenter of weekly report cards. More than just a boot store, they carry a wide range of hats. Keep them protected from the sun, the rain, the wind, the snow. They're good for camping, fishing, hiking, whatever you do outdoors. Stampy Tack and Westerwear has a hat for you. Find them online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Or head out there to Cloverdale like our friend Paul Horn did. Uh, last week there, went out, picked up his hat, picked up a new pair of gloves as well. That's the new thing here, Evan. When you win the hat, we're, we're going to mandate that you have to take the picture in the hat and then post that up to social media. Well, I mean, we've actually had some really nice photos. The hats look good on these people. So, you know, it's it's actually a very, very nice prize. And I think that's what happened once the picture started coming up number of entries almost doubled or tripled overnight. Well, and to, to the point where you had to start a spreadsheet for this yeah. week because you had so many entries. Yeah, we've had, we released the picks for this week already back on Friday because we knew what they were. There's not a whole lot of games left. Mm. But I've had 
double the number of entries I'm used to already a week before the first game even started. So, yeah. And I think you were just looking for a reason to, to do a spreadsheet more than anything. No, I don't need to do spreadsheets. No, I, I, I have a good feeling that you really do that, enjoy but... doing spreadsheets, Evan. Like that's, uh, that's, no. No? Okay. No. <laughs> All right, let's get into report cards here, Evan. Uh, I think we should start with F this week, work our way up to, to A, end with the positive, uh, if you will. So I'm going to just make that decision right off the top here. Our F this week, uh, and and listen, <laughs> I hate, I I love all these guys, so I I got I, it's hard, it's difficult to to hand out an F like this. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go over the top. I'm not gonna lose my temper here. This is a, a softer F. I want to I want to put this out in front before we get going. I plan to be in St. Albert next summer. Uh, if you can see where I'm going with this already here, Evan, I'm, I'm trying to soften the blow a little bit for, for the minor boys here, okay? The St. Albert Miners, the former three-time defending President's Cup champions, uh, this year's President's Cup final round robin game here. Now, to, to give you an idea what was on the line, it, they were playing the Kahnawake Mohawks, the St. Albert Miners were. The scenario went like this. The winner of that game got into the bronze medal game to face the capital region Axemen. Unless the two teams tied in which it would be a rematch of St. Albert and Kahnawake in the bronze medal game. So if either team won, they were going to advance and play capital region who were sitting there awaiting to see who they were going to play Unless they tied. So, St. Albert is up 8-6, I want to say. They take a penalty late in the game. Kahnawake gets in within one. They're the host team, remember now. They're also the team that, that lost their goaltender. Well, they didn't lose him. He lost them for the tournament, I should say, in, in, in Gus Goodleaf. So, the host team trying to get into the bronze medal game here. They're down a goal now with, I don't know, uh, about a minute to go. St. Albert comes up with a stop on defense. They get the ball. They call timeout, Evan, with 14 seconds to go and a one-goal lead. Ball is in their zone. You with me so far? I'm with you. I've, okay. seen, I've seen the replay, so I know okay. what's going on. Okay. So I'm not going to call it any names. Remember, this, this is a soft F here, Evan. I, I don't know what... <laughs> I don't know what happened, but some craziness happened in the final 14 seconds of this game where the St. Albert player, whistle gets blown in, he starts up the floor, and for some explicable reason, decides to try and pass the ball up the floor. Kahnawake's got the empty net. Pass the ball up the floor. Other player missed the pass, wasn't looking for the pass. I don't know what happened, but in that time, three St. Albert defenders took off to the bench. Remember, this is like 10 seconds to go in the game. Ball goes bouncing down the floor, picked up by Kahnawake. Stainhouse comes back the other way. St. Albert is trapped in transition. They're making line changes. It's a 3-on-0. 3-on-1, maybe. Back the other way. Stainhouse, with no time left on the clock, sticks it in to the goal to get the tie for the Mohawks. 
Off a rebound. Off a rebound. So that so now, like, literally no time left on the clock. I don't know what happened on the bench. I don't know why these guys are running off the floor with 10 seconds to go. I don't know why the guy is passing the ball up the floor. I don't know why the guy is not looking for the pass. 14 seconds away from a date with Capital Region in the bronze medal game. Instead, Kanawagi ties this thing. They play again the next day, and the Mohawks win convincingly in the bronze medal game where I, w- I would think that if it was St. Albert and Capital Region, not to take anything away from the Oxmen, but I think St. Albert wins that game rather easily over Capital Region in the bronze medal game. Instead, they have to play the host again, which they just tied, gave up that late lead to, and then they lose in the bronze medal game. So I hate to say it, St. Albert, but uh, that final 14 seconds might have cost you a bronze medal. So you're getting an F this week here. Uh, soft F, soft F, boys, yeah. on lacrosse classified. Well, can we go back to a prior F that we had in tie games? Mm. Um, I, I get it at the Prezi. It's a little more difficult because you got game scheduled three hours apart, so you can't really afford to have a game go massively into overtime. But what about a five-minute four-on-four something well, that's to speed it. things along and, and get rid of these tie games? I, yeah. you know, I wasn't a fan of them. Ties suck. Bottom line, ties just suck, and they suck out loud, and nobody likes them, but I get it. Like, these guys at the President's Cup are playing seven games in seven days, sometimes eight, uh, and it, it's just too much. But I think, again, we're talking rules, we're talking all this stuff. Let's get this figured out where there's no more ties in lacrosse, and a game that's so high scoring in the first place, never should this game or this sport ever end in a tie, and I think... You know, the WLA tried a three-on-three. I think that was a little bit hokey. I think I think you're bang on, Evan. Four-on-four lacrosse for five minutes. Next goal wins. You do, like, I mean, just play it until in ten minutes' time, if you played four-on-four lacrosse, somebody's going to score. Like, I'm convinced of that. So if you've in the past played a full ten minutes of five-on-five, why not just try the – and it's not full ten. Just go sudden victory – Four on four until you get a goal in overtime, and it like it's not going to go twenty minutes. It's just not. No, and, and I mean that. I, it's the key is to get the game over with as quickly as possible, but have a final result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. So um, nobody likes ties. I'm sure St. Albert is is at the top of that list uh, last week, but that's the way she goes. And uh, hey. Got to give an F to somebody, Evan. So that that's our F this week. Our Considering D, what some of the Fs, have yeah, been, like I mean, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, exactly. That's like an F plus plus or something like that. It's not that bad of an F. It cost him, but hey. All right, D, Evan. Uh, this is kind of weird. Like I only saw a quick video clip of this, um, and again, we were kind of searching for stuff this week on on the bottom half of things, which is always a good thing. But the Joe Hall suspension, uh, which Got three games for literally like a push, and it and it did get overturned. I don't know who handed out this suspension, Evan, but I'm glad it got overturned because this was ridiculous. Yeah. See, what happened, of course, at the start of this, and this is where people are a little confused, is that the CLA has standards as to where the where the contact with the head is, as to whether it's a minor, a major, or a match, right? And it works its way up. So 
the official called the the high hit match penalty, which go to the CLA rule book, three games. That's what they assessed with the suspension. Luckily, they had some additional video at this game to show that I, I'm even looking for the minor penalty on this one. And it got overturned and everything got the right way. But, yeah, you might want to start looking at this video before you start assessing the match and the the mandatory three. Well, not the match, but the mandatory three games that goes with it. Yeah, absolutely. And and in the end, they got it right. I don't don't know who delivered out that the first three-game suspension for this hit. uh, You're getting the D for that one. Again, it's it's a soft D because you made it right in the end, but it was a little... A little weird uh, to see a three-game suspension handed out for for what was literally a, like a push on the shoulder. So um, there's our F. There's our D. Let's move on to C here, Evan, and and stay with me here. C. I got Canada's captains. Canada's captains. C. Evan, y- you with me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's. See, Canada's captain. Yeah. Uh, n- listen, this is this is this is what it is, right? So it's a C, not good, not bad, not it, it is what it is. For me, I, Chris Corbiel is an unbelievable captain. Like I've been around that team, you know, for the better part of the year now, and to see what Corbiel does and how he interacts and and carries himself and represents the franchise and all the rest of it, I think he's the perfect guy to wear the C for Canada. Kyle Rubish, Dane Smith are your two alternate captains. And and what, there's like a membership, leadership, membership. What was the term? Yeah, it's like associate leaders or something like that. Yeah, I can't recall the exact term they used. So anyways. The, Mark Matthews and Steve Priolo. There you go. So the, the issue I guess ha- I have with all five of those guys um, and it's not them, obviously. They're not going to say no, no. I don't, I don't want the the letter or the title or whatever. Is the fact that they don't have a Western guy on that list. And when you got guys like Brett Mitski, Ben McIntosh, Robert Church, these guys have all been captains, alternate captains on their teams coming up. Uh, Curtis Dixon on that list as well. I, I just think out of the three or even the five, because. One guy's wearing a C, two guys are wearing an A, and they've kind of named a couple other guys as part of the leadership membership group. Um, I don't, I yeah. don't see how you can't find a room for for a Brett Mitski or or a Benny Mac on this uh, on this list. I, I guess I'm I'm looking at it differently from not necessarily a West versus an East perspective. Dean Smith was a little bit of a surprise, considering Steve Priolo is the captain of the Bandits, mm. but. I guess the the issue really is there is you need to have at least one forward with a letter on them so that there's somebody on the floor to deal with issues with the officials when they need to take place. But, um, but yeah, no, Rubes, Corbiel, absolute right picks. Could you put Matthews there? Yeah, but then people be complaining there's three rush members there. Mm. You know, yeah, I it's, just, it's a no-win situation. Uh, again, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a huge problem with anybody that they picked. I just think with not only, not only just to have some West-East balance there. The the tournaments in the West here. I like. I I don't know. I just think why not throw a Western guy into your leadership group? So not a huge deal. Again, we're kind of searching for stuff this week. C. Canada starts with a C. Captains start with a C. Pick 
That's what I picked. That's what I picked for C. So uh, yeah. throwing it out there. Not not a huge deal. Just thought maybe could have used a Western guy on there. Uh, but me being the Eastern homer that I am, Evan, I, I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't have a problem with this. You, you got your house in original now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I got my horn heads tattoo on my other leg. Um, yeah. Let's move along here. Uh, we're we're going to switch things up here a little bit, Evan. Just getting an email coming in. I think we're going to flip around Mark Matthews and Jessica Berman. So I think Jessica is going to come up here in short order. So let's get through these report cards. Um, let's move along to B. And I just want to give a shout-out to all the players who are getting after it all week in Kahnawake at the President's Cup. To go, like I've I've called a bunch of presidents cups and it's nowhere. <laughs> I'm not comparing the two. It's nowhere near what the players go through. But like I usually, I'm pretty burnt. And I think if you talk to Stamper, he'll be like, "Yeah, I called 22 games in seven days. I'm I'm done." These guys, what they go through in the better part of a week at the presidents cup is an absolute meat grinder. Like I honestly think it's the toughest trophy to win in lacrosse. Because every game is a tough game. You're playing every single day. Sometimes you play two in a day. And that is hard, hard work there, Evan, to get to the gold medal game of a President's Cup and then win it. You got to be in phenomenal shape. You got to stay healthy and you got to get a little luck to go along with it. And I just, I, the B is going out to every player that ran there at the President's Cup uh, last week. And a tournament that really went off without any major incidents, which is another good thing. I do remember talking with Jeff Shatler, who played for Nanaimo last year, and he said it took him over two weeks mm-hmm. just to recover. That's how hard it was on the body, that and, tournament. And there's some big boys in that tourney. Like, there's some big men in that tourney that are and, – and some of them will get a day off here, a day off there. Uh, but that's where the depth thing comes into your roster, right? Where you can afford to have guys sitting out of your lineup so they're not playing every single day. But it is uh, it is a hard, hard tournament to win. And uh, congratulations to the Six Nations Rivermen. And I know the Rivermen received an F on our show, Evan, back when that brawl happened with Nor- the North Stars of Owen Sound. This team went on to win the President's Cup, and I think – they were the best senior B team in the country. They had a, a great roster, but more importantly, I think they were a real team. And I I don't want to take anything away from them because I think the spotlight got shone on them, obviously for, for the shenanigans that went on there, but I think the spotlight needs to be shone on them again for everything that they accomplished since that point. They they did things the right way at the tournament. They They played hard. They played as a team. And I think they were the best team. And I, and I just want to, you know, we'll go after guys when they deserve it. And we'll give them credit here as well when they deserve it. And the Six Nations Rivermen deserve a lot of credit for winning the President's Cup. No, absolutely. And we were even shocked when, you know, they tied Snake Island, although that was the game where they rested a lot of guys. So yeah. that's kind of the anticipated result there. Um, and, of course, last game of the round robin meant nothing. They, they lose it. Not a big deal. But... Uh, yeah, absolutely the dominant team uh, throughout the entire week. You know, a loaded roster. And, I mean, we're talking, what, about six, seven guys in the NLL on the team at least? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that many? I think so. Well, yeah, I'd have Warren Hill, Johnny Palace, a couple of Bomberries. 
Maybe not seven. Maybe not seven. Maybe a couple of former NLLers. But uh, nonetheless, again, a lot of guys that have played together their entire life. And you could just see that the way that they move the ball around on the floor. Like they had been playing together for a long, long time. And you could totally see that. So, yeah, a lot of high-end talent there. Marshall Palace, Johnny's younger brother, still two more years of junior to go for young Marshall. And this kid's going to be a player. I can't wait to see how he develops over the next couple of years as well. So, everybody, all the players at the President's Cup, you're getting the B this week here on Lax Class, which leaves just the A. And we saved this one for Angus Goodleaf, obviously. And if you haven't heard this story yet, Angus Goodleaf, literally collapsing after a first period early in the tournament, had to be resuscitated and taken away to hospital in very quick fashion. So first responders on scene there in in Kahnawake and to Angus Goodleaf, um, who is recovering and doing much better. I believe he's still in hospital, but they had his jersey hung up on the bench and, and Gussie was... Uh, was tuned in all week long, and he was kind of there. The guys knew it. And for Kahnawake to finish third after all that is is a feat in its own right as well. But to to Angus Goodleaf and all the first responders who, you know, quite frankly, saved Angus's life, Evan, uh, collapsing on the floor. They had yeah. to they had to bring him back, and and they did it quickly. And and that was the difference. So an easy A this week. No, that was the obvious A, and. You know, they got a tough job uh, day in, day out, and if they weren't there and they weren't reacting as quick as they did, we might have a much more serious situation on our hands. And, you know, you know, best wishes to Gussie. Get well soon. Hopefully we see you on, your, on the floor sometime this year. We don't know, but we'll... You know, let's let's hope he's back sooner than later. Yeah, I I don't you know I don't know if it was just severe dehydration or what exactly the the case was with Angus, but uh, you're right. I saw uh, his new general manager and, and head coach Reggie Thorpe uh, pay him a visit in the hospital. As uh, Reggie had a son there playing for Aguasasne and and was in the in the area, so um, I don't know if there's a, a more well liked guy than than Gus Goodleaf in, in the National Cross League. Literally, I've never heard one single person say one single thing bad about Angus Goodleaf. So I've, I've never met him. I've never had a conversation with him personally, but I know he's a very well-liked and well-respected guy around the league. And and I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad he's getting better. And uh, to all the first responders there that, that helped out, um, you got the A and a big A, a double plus for those first responders here this week on Lacrosse Classified. So that's it, Evan. Those are our weekly report cards brought to you by Stampede Tech and Western Wear. As I mentioned, we're switching things up a little bit. Jessica Berman is coming up next. She's the new Deputy Commissioner and the Executive Director of Business, no, Executive Vice President of Business Affairs. Jessica Berman next here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Hey, this is Andy Towers, head coach of the PLL Chaos and Cross Club. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Evan Scheminar with you, and now joined by the brand new National Lacrosse League Deputy Commissioner, the Executive Vice President of Business Affairs. It's Jessica Berman on the program. Jessica, thanks so much for doing this. 
Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. Our pleasure indeed. Uh, I don't know where to begin. Welcome to the National Lacrosse League. Uh, just give me your general thoughts, your excited level of joining joining the NLL. My excitement level is super high. I've uh, been overwhelmed by the reception I've gotten in the last week or so since the announcement from the lacrosse community and specifically the NLL community. So... I'm just excited to get started officially and get to work. Give us a basic breakdown. Uh, we got the, the title of deputy commissioner. I guess over the next three, six months, what are the main tasks that you're going to be tackling in this position? Well, I think first and foremost, I'm very aware that uh, although there's a lot of crossover with the NHL and the sport of hockey, that it's an entirely new business and industry and that there are different stakeholders and leaders who I need to meet and get to know and build a relationship with. So that's really my first priority is really just um, getting myself out uh, on the road to meet with our teams, with the different constituents who are influencers in the lacrosse community and ultimately um, use that information to really assess how I can best help given my background here at the NHL. Yeah, and and speaking of the NHL, as we speak with Jessica Berman, 13 years there as the the VP of Community Development, Growth, and Culture, maybe just give us a bit of a synopsis on what that job entailed and how you can transfer those skills into the National Lacrosse League. Sure. So I spent, uh, actually, last week celebrated my 13-year anniversary here at the NHL. I like to say I grew up here. I came here when I was really just a kid and uh, actually had really two parts to my career at the NHL. The first nine years I spent as a lawyer and I was the deputy general counsel and my areas of responsibility were primarily in the strategic planning from a organizational management perspective at the league office in HR and employment. Um, And then the second piece was really surrounded around collective bargaining and the integrity of the game and really any issues that related to the product on the ice from a, from a legal and policy standpoint. So um, my first nine years was spent, um, I like to say, on the league side of the NHL business. And then the last four years, I've been um, on the business side and was fortunate that Commissioner Batman blessed my request to move into an entirely new role. And for the last four years, my focus has really been on social impact and community engagement and really leveraging that as a business objective, knowing that the next generation of fans is really focused on ensuring that the brands they support from a financial and time commitment perspective are good corporate citizens. So I've been part of a really amazing team here at the league that's been really investing significant resources in demonstrating that the NHL and the sport of hockey can be used for good and really using that platform to engage new and diverse audiences. Speaking with the new Deputy Commissioner and VP of Business Affairs, Jessica Berman, and 
I saw a real an outpouring of support uh, on social media. If you want to follow along, Jessica, you can find her at Jessica Berman, B-E-R-A-M-A-N, and the number one at the end. A, a huge outcry of support to be the first woman or first woman in the position that you're in, the first executive deputy commissioner in professional sports. That's that's a big deal, Jessica, and, and and I don't know if that comes with pressure or you know you're sort of a beacon now. Like, tell me about this, and and you're kind of carrying a torch for a lot of other women in, in the industry now. Yeah, no, it, it comes for sure with some pressure and certainly a sense of responsibility to ensure that I do a good job. Um, all this uh, support and and fanfare has been really flattering and also humbling. But I, I'm really aware that the the work is yet to begin, and I'm really excited to kind of get to work and uh, demonstrate to the sports community and broader industry that Nick made a good decision in hiring me. I guess for me, the first moment, even before it was announced, was when I was telling my kids that I was going to be taking this role, and uh, those who know me know that my kids are, are big hockey kids. And when I told them about the position and they asked all the right questions, ultimately, my 11-year-old said, you're a pioneer. And I was like, wow, <laughs> my 11-year-old boy thinks I'm a pioneer. That's pretty good. And he knows so, how to use pioneer in a, in a correctly in a sentence as well. Yes, he does. He does. <laughs> so uh, Westchester school system doing well by him. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Um, now, you leave a, a major four uh, professional sports organization for the NLL, which is still in its growth stage, it's much smaller scale, what was it that attracted you to the position? I would say it was a couple of things. Um, first is uh, Nick as a leader, and I've been following what he's been building from a, a sports business perspective over the last three years. And of course, the NLL is going into its 34th season, so it's not as if the property is a startup, but in the last three years, I think it's it's clear that Nick has really demonstrated that there's a lot more runway to this to this brand and to this property than maybe people have seen or realized. So um, certainly, he was a big factor. Uh, I would say, secondly, the way that he's invested in talent, and I spent time with his senior exec team at the league headquarters and was really thoroughly impressed with the individuals that he's hired, many of whom or some of whom I've either worked directly or indirectly with in the hockey world. So they're really seasoned, um, established sports professionals. And so I was really impressed with his hiring decisions. And then I would say um, the third piece it was the teams and the quality of the owners. And I'm sure you guys know uh, there's a lot of overlap that exists with NHL owners and NBA owners and NFL owners. And sure. these are individuals who really get how you build sports community and connection to fans. And so um, I would say those are probably the three primary reasons that I felt confident. Um, I, I also felt like the fact that it is a, a growing brand and is in its growth stage and its development is a really great opportunity for me for from a career perspective because um, I've spent the last 13 years at um, an established you know top uh, top four uh, sport and have really been part of a lot of the growth that we're going to now try to realize through the NLL 
And so I, I think there's just a lot of um, overlap and similarities in terms of what I've been able to do here, learning from great leaders like uh, Commissioner Batman and Deputy Commissioner Daly and other executives here and really just bring that to my new role with Nick and the other execs at the NLL. Speaking with the brand new Deputy Commissioner and Executive Vice President of Business Affairs, Jessica Berman here on Lacrosse Classified. And we, we've we had Nick on, on the show a couple of times, Jessica, and, and one of the first things he always said is, you know, he was a soccer guy, a soccer guy. But once he saw lacrosse, he immediately became a lacrosse guy. And I don't want to put you on the spot here, Jessica. I don't know how much lacrosse you've seen or National Lacrosse League action you've seen. But from the short time that you've kind of been around and checked things out, what is it about the sport of lacrosse in particular that that piques your interest? Well, um, as I said, I have two kids who are the age that are really engaging youth sports. So I know from them and their peers and have seen the game at the youth level for sure and believe that it has all of the tools and ingredients to be the type of sport that I really understand why it's resonating with kids and families today because sure. it's fast paced, because it's athletic, because it requires commitment and skill. Um, so for all those reasons, like I, I really have enjoyed watching it really more as a youth sports parent. I also think that although, of course, there are unique elements to the game that I'm excited to learn about, there's certainly a lot of overlap with hockey. And I've spent not just the 13 years of the NHL, but I worked as outside counsel for the NHL for four years, almost exclusively before that. So I've been around the hockey world a really long time. I know hockey culture um, about as well as, as anyone could who didn't grow up playing the game. So I, I think some of those similarities from yeah. the gameplay perspective will translate in terms of being able to understand the strategy of the game, understand some of our challenges and barriers to accessing the game, but also where opportunities lie for growth and how we can really double down on the areas that are really the strengths of the game. So um, I think I think for all those reasons, I'm really excited to immerse in, in the professional side of the game. I, I can't wait to attend my first game. Yeah. Unfortunately, Nick and my conversations really got going as the season was wrapping up and I had my own responsibilities here at the NHL. So I wasn't able to join him at a game. So um, my first game will be at the start of the 1920 season. And so I'm really excited about that. Pers- from a personal perspective, I'm excited that we have an expansion team coming into New York. Sure. So I expect to be at a lot of those games, but also excited to make my rounds to the different 13 different markets um, really learn about the different ways that we can better support the teams to share best practices and grow the sport and the league. Well, you're going to have to join Jake and I in in Saskatoon soon enough. Um, As Nick put it a few years ago, coming to a game in Saskatoon is a religious experience. There you go. You're in for a treat. (laughs) Um, Oh, I'm excited about that. Um, Equate it to like a Green Bay Packers game, uh, Jessica, if, 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 if you've ever been to Green Bay. Awesome. Yeah. You had mentioned earlier about growing community partnerships, growing sponsorships and whatnot at the NHL level. The NLL, there's a big disparity between the various teams. You've got the Saskatchewans and the Buffaloes who are fairly well entrenched, you know, Great corporate sponsorship, great ticket sales. And then you got those teams that are struggling. 
what is it you think you need to do to help these teams and bring them up to the level that the other teams are experiencing? I think if there's one thing I've learned, certainly in the last four years that I've been working on the business side, is that it's really a case-by-case analysis and that there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution for the teams because each market has its own challenges and own unique influencers. And so I think there is certainly some kind of objective assessment that can be done about some of the key drivers or elements that have made some of the franchises that have had more traction or been more successful engaging fans and growing fandom that are probably uh, ripe for sharing in terms of best practices. But then I also think um, particularly coming from a 32-team league, the benefit of having 13 teams, I, I hope, and, and it, will, it will be my intention, that we'll be able to go deep and really identify the levers that could really make an impact on a local level. And oftentimes, in my experience, those levers are hyper-local. And so while national partnerships are really important from a visibility perspective and growing relevance, on a local level for teams, I, in my experience, engaging those hyper-local community organizations that are influencing culture in particular cities or markets have really been the places that we've seen shifts in terms of growth in the last four years that I've been working on the business side here. So I'm excited to figure out what those are. For some of those teams in the NLL, they're markets that I have at least familiarity with on the hockey side. And so definitely be looking at ways to leverage those partnerships and relationships that I've built, but also really looking more broadly at the lacrosse side and seeing the ways that we can ensure that the teams are establishing their relevance on a local level. Well, Jessica, I must say every person that I've talked to uh, from the NLL, NHL, you name it, are absolutely thrilled uh, with the hire. You are the brand new deputy commissioner, the very first woman to be a deputy commissioner in professional sports. Um, I know you got yourself a, a law background. You're going to be dealing with legal affairs, transactions, managing team services, and, and God forbid uh, we get to another CBA disagreement and uh, you have to step into there. I'm sure it'll be front and center for that as well. I know you're a busy lady and you got uh, things to do. We really appreciate you spending a little bit of time here on Lacrosse Classified, introducing yourself to our great fans, and look forward to meeting you in person in uh, just a few months from now. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. That was Jessica Berman. She is the VP of Business Affairs and the brand new Deputy Commissioner of the National Lacrosse League. And Evan, every person that I've talked to is just over the top that the National Lacrosse League has brought Jessica on board. Yeah, and when you get somebody with this wealth of experience coming on board in a growing league, only positive things can happen. Absolutely. Let's take a break. We got the mailman on the other side. It's Mark Matthews from Team Canada, Saskatchewan Rush, and the major series champion, Man Cup representative, Peterborough Lakers. Matthews on the other side here on Lax Class on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Mm 
Hey, this is Mike Poulin, goaltender for the Georgia Swarm. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lax Class, lacrosse fans. You got it right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network, where we grow the game one podcast at a time. Great conversation there with the new Deputy Commissioner and Jessica Berman. And now... Joining the podcast. Oh, big thanks to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging, by the way. They create first impressions. You can find them online at associated-labels.com or their social media, Associated LP, as in labels and packaging. Sean Ashworth and the gang. Find them. You need a label or package. Associated-labels.com. All right. Now joining the program, it's the mailman, Mark Matthews, Team Canada, Rush, Peter Lake, MVP, Mark Matthews, thanks for joining us. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, our pleasure, man. Congrats uh, on coming west and in, in the MVP. That was quite the series there with the Six Nations Chiefs. I don't know if like it, it seemed a lot closer than it really was, and I think that goal you scored it was a game five with no time left to to kind of put you guys in the driver's seat. That was a big one. But just talk about that series with the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean uh, they well obviously they have a lot of firepower on their team and I mean so do we but they uh you know they they came out to a hot start and we're up two nothing on us and I think that uh we just kind of stuck to our our game plan and, and kind of found what was working and you know game one obviously didn't go our way and having uh the OT and in, in game uh game two maybe uh kind of figured out what was going on didn't get uh you know the outcome we wanted but you know, when we uh, we stuck to our guns and, and kind of stayed in the box and kept our mouth shut and, you know, obviously uh, we're able to prevail. Playing for the Lakers is almost like playing for an all-star team. When you look at this roster, you know, you got guys like uh, Corey Small being a healthy scratch. That's how loaded they are. With that much talent, how do you guys find a way where a lot of guys are used to being the show and now you got to come together to form one unit where – you know, everybody's roles may be a little less than they're used to. I mean, yeah, uh, we were taking turns there from the from the start of playoffs through uh, kind of everybody sitting a game, and then I think once they kind of maybe found out what was working or or what uh, I don't know the whole process behind it, but uh, yeah, to have uh, you know guys like Smallsy and I mean Turner and anyone on our left side really is uh, you know sitting out a game is is pretty. Uh, know not familiar for them i guess but uh you know we found uh that you know winning is a little more important than you know if you you don't play that game or or what and i'm sure uh you know any guy on our team will tell you that uh you know at this point a man cup or or any championship is is better uh as a team than you know if uh if i have to sit out then i sit out speaking with mark matt i don't think you're gonna sit out mark i'm just gonna go out on lamb i I think you're gonna (laughs) probably be in the lineup uh <laughs> you've been out. You've been out west a couple of times. Twenty ten, back with the junior Adnax, and, and more recently in in twenty. Oh man, I want to say twenty twelve, something like that, with the Langley Thunder. Where I'm going with this, Mark, is you've played games over in Victoria. You know what to expect going into to that rink. Uh, how much do you know about the Shamrocks this year, and what kind of challenges do you think they're going to pose? Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, playing out there. Uh, in Langley, I think it was yeah, 2013 or 14, whatever it was. Uh, losing to Vic in the uh, you know the West Final there when they had Bino and, and, and a bunch of guys, but um, don't know much about the team um, right now. Uh, obviously, I know that uh, you know Sarketti and Haas and Priolo are out there, but 
you know, those are, uh, those are three guys that, uh, you know, we'll have to avoid, I guess, at all costs on, uh, on offense. But, um, no, I don't know too much about, uh, about the West coast. I, well, you know, that, reading, I guess, or seeing some of the scores, but is that you know, maybe? Not, uh, not too familiar. Sorry, Mark, I don't want to cut you off, but is that maybe sorry. part of what makes Peterborough successful? And, and not to say they're not doing their homework or getting their scouts in, but are you guys more of a team where it's like if we come out and play Peterborough, Laker, Lacrosse, we don't really care who's on the other side of the floor. We think we can beat you if we play our game. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what uh, what the message was moving forward in our series against Six Nations was. You know, you're not going to get, you know, any help out there referee-wise. You know, the fans are nuts. You know, we just got to go out there and play, you know, like you said, Peterborough, uh, Lakers, lacrosse, and, and just kind of stick to our guns and, and get off the floor and, and play, you know, solid defense, which we did all series. And, you know, when we get, uh, you know, with the offensive firepower we have, we're going to get looks. And, you know, on any given night, uh, you know, our guys can, you know, get three or four or five or whatever the case is. And, and that you saw that in the series with six nations. I have to ask the last time the Lakers won the man cup out West, it ended up in the ocean. It's ended up in, the, in a bonfire before in Peterborough. Is there somebody that's designated to make sure the man cup's safe in the event that you guys win it? Better not be Hogarth. <laughs> Better not be Hogarth. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I've, uh, I've never heard any of those, uh, any of those stories or know anything behind those, but, we got to uh, we got to work on uh, on hoisting it before uh, we can worry about keeping it safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking with Mark Matthews here on Lacrosse Classified. Uh, what's the plan now, Mark? Uh, assuming this this series goes five six, um, you just staying out west and, and going to make the trip from Victoria to Langley and just stay out here. Or are you going to go back home in between? Um, I'll be coming back home. Uh, I have. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll be planning on coming home regardless of when the series goes till, even if it's just for a day or two to regroup and, and get some stuff ready to go for another couple weeks out there. But And what's um, what's that like, man? Like, you played a lot of lacrosse. You had a little, little time in the MLL as well. You go right from National Lacrosse League into Summer Ball and now Summer Ball right into World Championships and – you're not going to get much time off after that before tra- – I mean, have you talked to Jam? Are you going to get training camp off this year? What's what's going to happen there? Um, I haven't. No, actually, uh, training camp is will probably be somewhere in November, I would think. But, uh, no, we got a we got a pretty good trip planned of a bunch of us. So we're going to take our uh, take our time traveling around Europe for the month of October when oh, nice. the, uh, the MLM playoffs are done, yeah. Nice. Who's all going on that? Uh, Shane and I – uh, Wiz, Shanks, uh, we got Liam Burns, oh my and uh, Nick, uh, Nick Segravis, the, uh, one of the equipment guys, our buddies from uh, Georgia. Um, John Rannigan and uh, Matt Dunn are also going to be over there meeting us somewhere. So. Luck out. We got a good crew. We're going to you know, start in <laughs> London and kind of work our way around and see where we end up. Alert, oh, boy. Uh, alert the, beer the authorities. Munich might be in trouble. Alert the authorities. <laughs> my goodness. Um. Looking forward to the NL season here. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a shift because no longer having Curtis Knight, Connor Robinson is going to be playing a larger role. You're probably now going to be playing a 3-2 lefty set. How is that going to change the dynamic of what you've built up over the years? Uh, I mean, it's something, I guess, that we're going to have to get used to. We kind of, uh, 
we've kind of been predominantly a, a four right, three left offense. But you know, C. Rob came in last year and and played very well when he had the opportunity to play. And I uh, I don't expect anything less from him when he uh, when he gets to play every night. So we'll just have to uh, figure it out a little more and, and kind of. We always joke that the lefties don't know what we're doing out there, but we're going to have to start figuring out uh, a little more of the our set offense and kind of let the righties do their thing. And, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, if you don't get it figured out, Bubs will get it figured out for you. I'm sure. And I know, yeah, Bubs will have it figured yeah, out. exactly. I know. I know. Rush season is is a long way away, Mark. Like you got Man Cup to think about, you got World Championships to think about after that. But going into to Rush season and and things not going exactly the way that we're used to in Saskatchewan last year is you think this team's going to come back, you know, you're going to get Cornwall back. You're going to get Dilks back. You're going to have a, a new high draft pick come into the lineup as well, but this is going to be a, a pretty motivated Saskatchewan team coming off of last year's performance. I mean, for sure. Uh, obviously losing a couple of years ago in the finals uh, motivated us uh, big time to come out and, and play, uh, you know, a lot better lacrosse. And, and I think we did that obviously the year after winning, but, um, this year, yeah, coming up as short as we did, and just not having the outcome, or you know, playing the way we way we wanted to at all. I don't think uh, many games this year, but uh, yeah, we'll be hungry, and you know, getting some of those guys back will definitely help. And you know, hopefully, uh, we can pick uh, pick up somebody that'll make an impact here for us in the draft as well. No doubt about it, Mark. You got a busy couple of months coming up here. Man Cup, World Championships, uh, all happening on the West Coast. Look forward to seeing you out here. Best of luck with your Lakers in the manor, and uh, go Team Canada as well. Thank you very much. Enjoy your movie, Mark Matthews. Thanks for coming on the program, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, see you, Jumbo. See ya. That was uh, the mailman, Mark Matthews, on the program. One more break to go here on Lacrosse Classified. And you know what's on the other side, Evan? Somebody did a little better than the other guy last week. We'll tell you all about it next here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax Ulsters Podcast Network. Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Derek Keenan, head coach and GM of the Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. We are back. This is Lacrosse Classified. You heard it right there. Pure Vital Labs. Hashtag flip the switch. Anything else to be on sports and like PVL, the best supplements on the market. Tons of lacrosse players on those supplements. All natural. No artificial flavors or coloring. They're informed choice certified. And I've been taking them the last couple of weeks, Evan, and enjoying the PVL supplements. A uh, little pre-workout, a little recovery, got a little protein. I'm working it, man. I'm working it and enjoying the PVL products. Find them at PVL.com. Well, I'm loving my liquid carnitine. I just, I, you know, it's easy to take, and it's kept my weight under control for a long time now. There you go. Uh, I did not uh, did not reach the goal this week, Evan. It was a, a long weekend. I hit the P&E. Might have had a couple of mini donuts, which I'm uh, a little ashamed uh, with myself about. But I'm uh, going to get back on track here this week and, and keep – I got four months 
to drop 28 pounds to reach 100 in the calendar year, Evan. That's the goal. So we got to get back on track this week, uh, but didn't hit didn't hit the target this week. So I'm a little a little put off by that, but that's okay. That's okay. You might be putting on muscle mass using those products. So oh, you know, also true. There's a balancing act, right? Also true. That's what they say. Muscle weighs more than fat. I'm not I'm not sure. I believe it yet, but uh, underneath underneath there, there might be a, a couple of muscles starting to show up a bit. All right. Who you got? It's time, Evan, for who you got. Your complete source for boots, motorcycle, leathers, and gear. That's Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Summer riding season just about over, but hey, it's going to rain. You're going to need some leathers for the rain riding your bike out there. Find them in Cloverdale. They've been there since 1967 or shop online at stampede.ca. Hey, mentioned we're going to get some shirts going. I talked to Kevin this weekend. Uh, going to get some Wrangler golf polos going with a little who you got on the back, I think. Come Worlds. Uh, yeah, it'll be a nice welcome present when I get there. You bet. You're coming out, and I think you're actually, we're going to shack up for like a week, right? Is that is that what my understanding is? Yeah, think, I think that's what the plan is, yeah. Okay, you better, I hope you like cats. Uh, you can get comfortable with Bentley and Sugar on the couch maybe, and uh, we'll see how that goes. You could be well, into a hotel after two days. Fine. You could be into a hotel yeah, after no, two days for, for all I know. That's all good if they want to sleep next to me. Okay. Uh, all right, who you got? Coming up, uh, we have a lot of entries here for who you got this week. We've posted the picks up already. Gave you a nice head start. I think that might be the key. But coming next week, we could be in trouble next week, Evan, because I just don't think we're going to have enough games to pick from. So I think we might take a week off, and then we'll roll through Worlds, which will be super fun because we'll pick games like Czechoslovakia against Sweden and have no idea who's going to win that game. So it'll make it interesting. And then, uh, and then we'll probably take a little break for a month from who you got, and then we'll crank it up again for NLL season. That's kind of the plan right now. You're, you're still trying to get revenge for Puerto Rico, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sandbag in Puerto Rico. Okay, so last week, we have a winner from last week. You want to tell the fans who the winner is this week, Steve? Or, uh, Evan, I just gave it away. Just <laughs> you gave know, it away. You pretty much told him it is. But, yeah, it's uh, our, a columnist from Buffalo with IL Indoor, Steve Bermel. Bermel. Steve Bermel from Buffalo. Congratulations. I know he's a dedicated listener, and uh, you won yourself a cowboy hat. You were the only other person other than me, Evan. That went three and two this week. Everybody else, all our other contestants, including you, Evan, went just two and three. Oh, and I thought I had you for dead on Fridays. Like Ladner's mm. out of the tournament. I know. You know Kanawake going for gold here, and this should be a gimme. And all of a sudden, I look at the result, and like, you got to be kidding me. I had a feeling <laughs> about Pieball. Had a little feeling about Pieball there. They came through for me. So. With that being said, now just one game back, Evan. I am now 24 and 21. You are 25 and 20. Uh, we got Kevin Michael Winkler from Stampede. I think he is either going to pick the prize or the punishment here for us because we can't seem to figure out what we want to do about that. So uh, we're going to leave it in somebody else's hands, which I think in the at the end of the day is probably more fun anyway, right? Like it's no fun when you pick it yourself. Well, I know I had you and Challoner nervous at the start mm. of this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, I got to pick the punishment. Right. Well, we're not doing that anymore, so don't worry about it. And I'm only one game behind you now, so you 
you better uh, perk up here. All right, so what we've done this week, because we're in the Man Cup, that's the only games that are left in box lacrosse until the World Championships. So they'll play three games before next week's show. So maybe we'll just, like, if it goes four, five, six, seven, then maybe we, we do it again next week. We'll just have to wait and see. But for this week, we've picked the first three games of the Man Cup, Friday, Saturday, and Monday, and then taking the two PLL playoff games because we just spoke to Andy Towers, and uh, we figured why not. Let's go off the board here a little bit, pick a couple of PLL games, the one versus two, the three versus four. So the winner of the one-two game gets into the final, and then the loser of the one-two game plays the winner of the three-four game to get into the final, correct? Yep, that's exactly right. Okay, so here we go. By now you know it's the Peterborough Lakers at the Victoria Shamrocks in a best of seven for the Man Cup. It gets going this Friday, September the 6th, game one, Lakers and Shamrocks. Evan, who you got? It was interesting looking at all the picks that have come in so far as to we're picking three games here and trying to figure out who's going to win each individual game. Mm-hmm. Um, and a whole slew of different thoughts on it. My guess is, simply put, the Lakers, I think, are the better team. They got more talent. They got better goaltending, I think, which is going to be the difference. Mm. Give me the Lakers in game one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, by the way, Matt Vince and his lovely wife are expecting a child. I believe it's their second child. Uh, could happen any day, so Matt Vince may be called away if uh, if Mama Vince goes into labor. Also a school teacher, Evan, which uh, can pose some problems for Eastern guys during the Man Cup as the school year about to get going. Can't have the teacher not in class, so... Not to take anything away from Mike Poulin, because he is a very admirable goaltender, very good goaltender, and I think the Lakers will be just fine with him in the net as well. Just putting that out there for the fans, Evan. Just putting it out there for the fans. Now, Peterborough has had a bit of a history here, Evan, losing games early in the series, making adjustments, and then taking off. So... Because you picked Peterborough here in game one, I'm going to go against the grain and take the Chamois in game one to beat the Lakers. I don't think they're winning this series. I think this series actually goes five games. But I think the Shamrocks get game one before the Lakers find their game. So give me Victoria. Game two goes the next night. It's Saturday the 7th. Think you have an idea who I'm picking, Evan? I probably spoiled it a little bit there, but who you got? I'm taking the Lakers again. Even if they happen to lose Game One, I think they figure it out. They get their time adjusted for Game Two. I'm taking the Lakers again. Give me the Lakers as well. Let's move along to Game Three. They'll have a day off and they'll rest up. They'll maybe change a couple of bodies in the lineup. Monday, the ninth. Game three, Man Cup. Evan, who you got? Now, this might sound a little monotonous, but as much as I don't necessarily think the Lakers might go to a 3-0 lead, because we don't know each individual game and what happened ahead of time, mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to take the Lakers and take the odds that I think that they're going to win this thing and you know just go with the favorite every time. So if you just take the Lakers... For seven times in a row, you're hoping that they win at least four. Is that 
Right. It's just taking the odds. And actually, we put out a poll on this. Um, yeah, what did we get? Like, I don't know why you ended it so early. You, you cut it off with like four more days to go to the Man Cup. We had over 300 oh. votes. It, yeah. I don't know why you did that. I don't know. I, I, cut, I cut it off so it was the timing of when we taped this show, so we had an answer. Oh, uh, uh, so there was, yeah. some, there was some reasoning behind your actions then. Yeah. So, but uh, what was it? 58% picked the Lakers, 42% took the Shamrocks in that poll. Yeah. Well, that was a good poll. That was a good poll. Uh, I love the polls on Twitter. It's just, you know, quick. You, you can vote anonymously, nobody knows which way you voted. Um, always a little fun when you see them come across your timeline. I like the polls. All right, I'm taking the Lakers, two in game number three. So I got Vic in game one, Lakers in game two, Lakers in game three. You're taking Peterborough in all three first Man Cup games uh, being played Friday, Saturday, Monday. The two PLL playoff games go Saturday and Sunday. The 3-4 game is on Saturday it features the Archers against the Redwoods, Evan. Archers, Redwoods, 3-4 game in the PLL playoffs. Who you got? These two PLL games are tough ones to pick. Um, I'm selfishly going to take the Archers, and there's a reason, there's a story behind this. At the start of the year, myself, John Frazier, Todd Joyce, who you, those two used to work the Rush broadcast mm. back in the day, we put out a bet literally based just on who was on the roster and who we were picking to win the league title. Now, Todd's already gone. He took Atlas. He's done. <laughs> John had the Redwoods. Oh, He's done. He, if they lose, he's done. So I'm selfishly hoping that it's going to be Archers. Question is, well, no, no actually, that, that question's answered. But, you know, it's a, it's a tough one. They play one other tough this year. Benny Mack on the Archers, right? Yes, he is. So okay, so, so John Fraser's taking the Redwoods. Ben Max on the Archers. That's enough for me to take the Archers alone. So give me the Archers to beat the Redwoods as well. So we're both taking Archers, both taking Archers. One more game to go here on who you got, and it's the Chaos, the number one overall team in the regular season, taking on the Whip Snakes. Whip Snakes and Chaos. Evan, who you got? Let's complicate this one. Whip Snakes beat Chaos in overtime early in the season. Chaos beat Whip Snakes in overtime late in the season. Wow. So, you know, try and pick one here. I'm taking Chaos for one simple reason. Is when you look back to that last game, which is about a month ago now, but Chaos did not have Josh Byrne. Mm-hmm. They did not have Miles Thompson. Mm-hmm. They did not have a lot of their players that they currently have. They're a better offensive team now. That's why I'm going with Chaos. Yeah, and Andy Towers, coaches. The chaos, right? So we got to we got to pick we got to pick the chaos. I'm taking the chaos. The chaos, well. chaos was my pick in that bet. So you know. Well, <laughs> I, as soon as I saw all the rosters come out, chaos clearly the team with the most NLL products on it, and that was that was my team from the get go. So I'm taking the chaos right to the very end to win it all uh, in the PLL inaugural year. So give me the chaos as well. Um, so one pick different and it's game one of the man cup that gets going on Friday chance for me to tie get tied in the standings coming up here 
I think that's that's it for who you got, right? That's it. That's five games. Oh, that's there's it. one just more. One differentiating pick. Puerto Rico at. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, Puerto Rico, not, not playing this. <laughs> All right. So, uh, congrats to Steve Bermel. Evan's got a spreadsheet for everybody's picks, so he knows when they made their picks. He knows what their picks are. He's got it color coded. He's got graphs and charts and all sorts of stuff set for this no, week. No, it's not that complicated. Oh, I saw it, man. I saw it. It looks. It looks pretty complicated. All right, news and notes is how we end off the podcast each week here on Lax Class 7. Uh, NLL draft right around the corner. You can check this thing out on BR Live. Steven Stamp, Teddy Jenner, Devin Caney, Barstool Jordy will be part of the broadcast there from Xfinity Live in Philadelphia. Uh, NLL draft, a bunch of players just announcing that they've entered the National Lacrosse and renouncing their college eligibility and announcing that they are eligible for the NLL draft. Uh, any notable names jumping off the page there, aren't you, Evan? Well, the, it's the name that's not there, mm. and that Nanticoke is not on the list. Now, it doesn't mean he could not quit school and enter still, but it probably means it's more likely that he's going to stick and call, stick around college, which is the right decision. Yeah, please. I mean, as much as I want to see... DeHogan Nanakoke play professional lacrosse in the National Lacrosse League. Finish your education first, DeHoga. I you got time. There's time to play pro lacrosse. I know he's eager and and school's probably not his favorite thing. You you can't pass up a free education. Can't do it. Just can't do it. I really hope he stays in school and and we can wait. We can wait and I hope he can too. President's Cup, I announced this off the top of the show. It's going to be in St. Albert in 2020. Miners are going to host it. I did the President's Cup back in 2016 in Leduc, Alberta. It wasn't their hometown, but St. Albert was the host. They did a wonderful job and look forward to that again a year from now. MSL have handed out their awards. Evan, Jeff Teat winning the Rookie of the Year and the scoring title. Challen Rogers wins MVP as a tranny player for the second year in a row. That is an incredible feat from Challen Rogers. Yeah, but he's just that good. That's, that's the thing. He, he's good on both ends of the floor. You could put him on either end, and he'd be just fine. Yeah, I think he put up close to 70 points, and he shuts down the top score. Like He doesn't need to come off the floor. It's crazy. Uh, Connor Sellers wins Defensive Player of the Year. The Rock coaches, Oakville Rock coaches, win the Coaching Staff of the Year. Talked about the Man Cup schedule. Did you see this, Evan? A brand-new rec center. I'll show it to you when you get out here for Worlds. Um, Same company, actually, that built the Langley Event Center has built a brand-new recreation center here in Port Coquitlam. Multiple sheets uh, for ice and lacrosse and fitness, pool, everything, you name it. They forgot to include rooms for the referees. How did this happen? Ouch. Ouch. Somebody uh, overlooked this at multiple or, stages. Or something got changed. Or you know, some, and, yeah. Yeah. So now they have it's, this brand new, beautiful facility. They, they, they promise they're going to fix it for phase two, whatever that. It's open now. But now they're seeing that Port Coquitlam minor hockey might not be able to play home games because they don't have rooms for the officials to go to the bathroom, shower, whatever, get water. They got no rooms. Unbelievable that this could happen. Yeah, I mean, it's and I don't know how complex it is to simply cut down two rooms, make one the ref's room. 
or put them in a dressing room. And I've actually had that happen several times yeah. where they don't have a referee's room, but they actually put the referees in a dressing room, so you're fine. Yeah, they got to figure something out there. It's unfortunate that, that that kind of mistake could be passed over that many times and, and nobody noticed that. I don't know how something like that. That's way above my pay grade, but, man, is that uh, that's a bad look right there for the poor Coquitlam New community center there down the street, just down the street from me, Evan. So I hope they get that figured out. I want to give a, a quick shout-out here before we go to Matt Brana. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing his name that correctly. Matt Brana, who's sent the Lacrosse Classified Facebook page a couple of messages here. He's a he's a designer. He's come up with some new looks, uh, and, he's, and he sent us some concepts here for T-shirts for Lacrosse Classified with uh, some cool designs, some wood sticks, little hashtag for the creator on there, all sorts of stuff. So I just wanted to give Matt a shout-out uh, who listens every week, and he's designed some T-shirts. We're going we're gonna to work work with him here and try and come up with something cool, and then who knows, maybe we'll start cranking a few out and, and put those things up on a website and start selling them. Yeah, and, of course, what we also got coming up, too, is according to the Wings, the NLL schedule is supposed to be out this week. Ooh, so yeah. And, and But I think what's going to be more interesting is when they release the schedule, they probably have to release the division alignment at the right, same time. Right, And we, we're pretty sure we know what it is, but we still don't have it confirmed as to what it is. Yeah, I've been, uh, I, I put out a tweet, I don't want to say, what, mid-June or something? I said it should, announcement should come by the end of August. Well, we're into September now, so a little, little egg on my face on that one, but uh, I'm assuming they're going to probably roll that out along with the draft as I'm, I'm thinking maybe a day before or a day after is when you'll see the schedule come out uh, final thing I want to do is get in an Emily Goss update we haven't done that for a couple of weeks and the, the, the progress that Emily has made over the last couple of weeks has been absolutely miraculous uh, grabbed her dad's phone so she could read some emails of support and well wishes to her, which is just phenomenal. She's standing. Um, she's moved into Queens Park Rehab Center, which is just a top-notch facility to get the proper treatment that she needs. But the progress continues for Emily. I think they're going into like day 75, day 76 since the accident now. And the progress that she has made since that time has been just astounding and if you know the Goss family, they are fighters, and Emily is no exception, and you just knew that she was going to battle this thing as hard as she possibly could and can, and she is doing a great job and getting better by the day. So just wonderful news coming out of the Emily Goss camp that uh, things are progressing. It's still a long, long road ahead, obviously, for Emily, but the strides that she's making on a day-to-day basis uh, is is something to behold. So there is your Emily Goss update. Keep fighting, Emily. We're all thinking about you as we go along here. So Man Cup comes up next, Evan. Friday it gets going. Ted Jenner and Walt Christensen, uh, former Shamrocks coach, former NLL coach, uh, will be alongside Teddy for the Man Cup call from the yep. Q Center starting on Friday. Look forward to that. Yeah, and for those that are in Saskatoon, the Rusher will be holding a draft party, considering the Rush had three draft picks in the opening round, at the Rush store that evening. Nice. Nice. Get out there for sure. All right, I think that's it. Uh, big thank you to our guests, Jessica Berman and Mark Matthews, for coming on the program. Of course, our wonderful sponsors, 
in Associated Labels and Packaging, Pure Vital Labs in Stampede Tech and Western Wear. And of course, to you, the loyal listener, for checking out Lax Class every single Tuesday right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Follow us along at social media at Shemlax, at PXP, the number four sports uh, at Lax Class or Lacrosse Classified on the Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you find your podcasts. Stitcher, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Lacrosse Classified is there. Just subscribe. You never have to worry about it again. Straight to your phone. It's awesome. Do it. All right. For Evan Sheminar, I've been Jake Elliott for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, enjoy the games, everybody. <laughs>